golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G, and back from Mexico, Mexico with new do. New do. A little bit of a tan. Will, I am Perry. Yeah. Tan. Okay, well, all right. If you call it a tan. What would you, you call it? You had one day of sun, dude. Well, yeah, but still. I don't know. Looks like you threw a little bronzer on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that, actually. But the hair, we know everybody out there has been getting. I've gotten a lot of good compliments. Yeah, that's true for like the last month because it's been so out of control, and now it's finally to a point yeah, where I was that, able to cut it. Got that David Beckham thing looking, kind of, little yeah. Spiky stuff on top, very, yeah. uh, very GQ. <laughs> uh, looking good, dude. You always look good. Thank you. Um, hey, my our man. We've been we've been pulling for him for the last few weeks. Jordan Spieth. Finally. Boom shakalaka. What? Slam dunks the bunker shot on the first playoff hole on 18. And we were talking about this the other day, uh, just about how he kind of gets this rap of like, what's wrong with Jordan? Yeah, I what's mean, he's, wrong with Jordan? Come uh, on. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, 10 uh, wins. Right, before... And he's still 24. 23. Well, yeah. before 24. Um, you know, unprecedented. The only other player to have ever done that is Tiger. Uh, he's won one other time this year, made a run again at the Masters, obviously had some shortcomings again, was kind of in the hunt uh, at the U.S. Open. So, I mean, you know, it's the trials and tribulations of playing professional golf. Absolutely. And first time's a charm at the Travelers. First time he had played in this tournament. Were you surprised that he played that? I mean, Rory played as well. Um, I mean, the the event has been drawing better and better field, but... Yeah, a little bit of a surprise, I have to say. Um, but it was uh, quite a duel down the stretch between he and Daniel Berger, who has had a hot stick, uh, both driving-wise and putting-wise, having yeah. won two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looked like, you know, he he was going to come out on top again for the second time in three weeks. But uh, as he said, Jordan does. Jordan what, things. Jordan things. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, we were having that conversation uh, last week about great players versus good players. And I think that's where you can put Jordan Spieth in the great player category. Absolutely. Because he can make things happen. And I th- isn't that kind of like maybe we'll we'll get Bob to weigh in on that and maybe Gary Van Sickle later, too, of just great players have this knack for showing up in big time opportunities. Like when the pressure is at its most, yeah, he missed a bunch of putts in that, that final nine, but I mean, he went and hold out the bunker shot. Like, and it was almost perfect. All world. Yeah. And then his 
Chess bump was all world. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. We had this caddy. Well, let's waste no more time. Let's go to our man, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com to weigh in on Jordan's big win. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Uh, pretty classic Jordan stuff on uh, Sunday on that 18th play hole, the first playoff hole. What did you think? It was tremendous. I mean, as you guys were just noting, uh, you know, he, he maybe let the tournament get away from a little bit with uh, some shaky putting there down the stretch. Uh, uh, you know, he could have probably won that thing in regulation, but what a, what a great dramatic way to win that was. And uh, The rake toss coupled with the club toss and the, uh, you know, the, the way they celebrated was really kind of cool, and it uh, – it obviously uh, is probably a little bit better uh, ending than, you know, just a mundane par on the last hole to win. So it was uh, it was pretty neat and, uh, you know, good for Jordan. I think it really, you know, he played very well for most of the week, and I think it's a great boost for him as well. Well, he went wire to wire, uh, but he had some big scares on the back nine. Uh, his The first one, you know, when he hit his drive on 13 right, Looked like it was going into the water and miraculously stayed on the side of the hill. I mean, it was flying in there and got stuck in the tall stuff. Then he missed a seven-foot birdie putt to save par. Then he, he almost hit his tee shot on 15 into the water, you know, hit it left. And that was the hole where he made the 16-foot putt for birdie that he thought he'd missed. So, you know, <laughs> That's right. then then yeah. on 17, I think it was when he almost hit it into the uh, into the lake and just landed on the green. So, you know, it was definitely he got some lucky breaks. But as Jordan said, he took advantage of them and he was happy to come out on top. Well, his tee shot in the playoff hit the trees and bounced into the fairway, you know, um, you know, otherwise he's looking at. Uh, you know, struggling to make par as, as opposed to even, you know, having a chance out of that, out of that bunker. And, you know, that's what I was me- discussing or meaning there is he kind of, you know, wasn't all that solid down the stretch after, you know, seemingly looking like he was in control, but he took advantage of those opportunities. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure we're going to all remember all those misfits. You know, he, he had given himself enough of a cushion with some really good play earlier in the tournament, and and uh, that came in handy when he hit some some uh, you know some suspect shots down the stretch. But yet he managed to to overcome it anyway. Well, and isn't that kind of like the ultimate mark of of a champion? Um, you know, being able to rise above even when you know all those kind of mishaps do happen, especially all on the back nine, even. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. You you know you kind of just do what you have to do. Uh, you make it, uh, you, you know, you, you, you sort of just persevere. I mean, you hear, you hear that all the time. These guys don't always have their A game. Uh, they don't hit it perfectly every round, but they make the best of it sometimes when they don't have it. And, you know, uh, Jordan was able to overcome some poor drives, poor approaches, and, and when, when it wasn't the worst result, he, he, you know, he took advantage of that and, and uh, uh, you know, and, and, and was able to, um, you know, sort of get away with some, some poor shots there. But, uh, you know, that is, every winner, every every tournament is going to have to do that from time to time. You're, you're just not going to be perfect for 72 holes. I love what he said, too. This is, I think, what makes um, Jordan so likable. 
He said about, you know, his finish, if I was in Berger's shoes, I'd be cursing Jordan Spieth right now for the break off the tee and then holding a 30-yard bunker shot. That's a lot of luck. Good for him to own it, you know. I mean, he he knows that uh, he was fortunate there. Um, you know, you don't expect to make that bunker shot. They just don't, you know, they just don't, those just don't go in very often. Not from that distance, he was, he was 20 yards away, you know, um, uh, and and obviously from where the tee shot went, um, you know, to be in the middle of the fairway. And, then, you know, that's the other thing. He's in the middle of the fairway, and he didn't really take advantage. I know he wasn't close, but, you know, after hitting it in the bunker in regulation, then he hits in that same bunker again after getting that great break. Um, you know, obviously he's hoping to hit that ball on the green there. And uh, as it was, you know, he uh, – uh, he, he was in a bunker and ends up holding it, which uh, his, his good buddy Justin Thomas actually predicted a couple of seconds before on Twitter, which was pretty amazing also. Uh, you know, he, he missed a couple of short putts, and I think the other fun thing about Jordan is, you know, he's constant commentary out on the course. So, you know, we get sort of a peek into what's going on in his mind, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and a lot of times he's just, you know, really kicking himself, it seems, out there. And they talked about Michael Greller really being able to, you know, reel him in in those moments. And this that certainly seemed to be the case on Sunday. Perhaps we're seeing a caddy, um, you know, caddy-player relationship you know, developing like like Bones and and Mickelson, who of course we've been talking a lot about recently. It's quite possible. I mean, they're a pretty good tandem already. Um, ten ten tournament titles, two majors, um, and you know, the, it, it takes the player to be receptive to the caddy doing that too. That's an important factor, I think. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that don't want to hear it. You know, and so the so the caddy is in a position of not being able to rein you in because if he knows that hey, look, he doesn't want to hear it, well then he's not going to say anything. It's great that they have that relationship. I mean, I think some guys could probably learn from from some of these player caddy uh, marriages over the years. Uh, you know, filling bones, and I mean, obviously they don't always agree. They didn't always agree, you know. Um, but Phil never held it against Bones for suggesting something or trying to talk him out of something. And and I think that was the same with, with Tiger and Steve Williams and, and, and with Joe LaCava, you know, the, 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 this latest time. And, and, and you've seen it with Jim Furyk and Fluff. Um, you know, these relationships are are important. Uh, you know, I uh, people want to sometimes say that, you know, the caddy doesn't mean much, you know, these guys might have won all the same tournaments anyway. Well, maybe not. You know, there's a shot or two here or there where they can really make a huge difference. And and uh, if the caddy is receptive to hearing that and, and, and taking it all in, then good for him because it's going to only help him. And they had a heck of a celebration there at the end. That was something I, I would, you know, wanted to touch on too. You know, just from the aspect of like that excitement factor that we don't get all too often in golf, it's kind of fun to see every once in a while, don't you think? Sure. How could they not be excited over something like that? You know, uh, uh, it was, um, you know, it was, that was in the moment and it was, that was drama, you know, big time. And, and to see that ball go in and the fans erupt and, you know, uh, pretty much, you know, that it means that you've just won. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. You know, it's great. I mean, uh, that's, that tournament will be remembered for a long time because of that. 
Bob, let's turn to the um, Quicken Loans National, which is coming up this this week weekend at the TPC at Avenel near Washington, D.C. Of course, Tiger has been the host of this tournament, will not be there this week. Any updates uh, on Tiger and uh, his treatment at this point? Other than uh, the fact that he's not here at the tournament, the Quicken Loans, um, no. I mean, and I think that that's probably understandable. Um, you know, not knowing exactly where he is and what kind of treatment he's undergoing, it wouldn't seem, though, that, you know, a week or 10 days into it that they're going to say, oh, yeah, go ahead, take off for a couple of days and do what you want. I mean, that's, that's not usually how those sorts of programs work. And, um, you know, this is, this is a tournament near and dear to him. It was formed 10 years ago. This is actually the 11th year. He did it sort of with his dad in mind. It's got a military um, theme. Uh, the, you know the Quicken Loans National near D.C. You know near the you know obviously nation's capital, and um, you know uh, the did the, the the proceeds benefit his foundation. And this is the second straight foundation run tournament of Tigers where he's not been present. You know he didn't go to the Genesis Open at Riviera, which was the first one under their uh, banner earlier this year when he was you know coming off the back problems in Dubai, and now he's not at this one and. You know, it's a blow to the tournament in in the regard in the in sort of in the you know the realm of the sponsor clearly wants access to Tiger and having him around sort of creates interest and and um, you know uh, there's there's always going to be a buzz and uh, you know the golf tournament's going to be fine without him he wasn't going to be playing anyway you're going to you know the, the the play will go on starting Thursday but to not have Tiger at an event where, you know, his face is all over the place. Uh, you know, it's, it's known that the Wood, Tiger Woods Foundation is running it. You know, it's, uh, it's just sort of like another little bit of a tough deal in this whole process that he's been going through here lately. Well, people may not remember, but this is where John Rahm made his professional debut last year, opening with a 64 at Congressional. He tied for third, earning a spot in the British Open, and certainly put him on the fast track to earning his PGA Tour card. Uh, there are a number of top players in the 120-man the field, including Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed, and Justin Thomas. Who you have your eye on, Bob, this week? My eye is kind of on Ricky. You know, um, he, caught, he caught a little flack after the U.S. Open for not making it more of a game on that Sunday. You know, he was, he was only two shots back of the lead, and he was only one back of Brooks Kepka, uh, And he really didn't contend on the back nine. He just wasn't there, and... That's two majors in a row where, you know, he had a chance going into Sunday. He was one back at the Masters. He was two back at the U.S. Open, and, and it wasn't a factor at the end. And, um, you know, it's uh, he's got to have a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder, maybe some extra motivation to try to, to, try to do something here. Obviously, it's not a major, but, um, you know, it's, to, to, uh, to get past something like that, it doesn't hurt to go out and have a really good tournament. And we know he's pals with a lot of these guys, with Jordan, with Justin Thomas. And uh, I think, you know, <laughs> those, those guys are certainly competing against each other. I'm sure he wants, to, he wants to get to the next level and win that major. Yeah, and, you know, with everyone that goes by, it gets a little bit harder. You know, uh, he's, he's a little bit older than those guys. And while he's certainly not old by any means and has plenty of chances ahead, you know, every time one of these things comes and goes, there's discussions like what we're having, you know. And so, um, 
and you know Sergio knows all about it. It's uh, it, it can it can get to you, you know, and uh, and uh, you know he had in in 2014 he was top five in all four, and had a pretty good chance at the PGA Championship. Uh, and then he, you know, sort of was not really a factor last year or, or in 2015. Now the first two majors of this year, he puts himself in perfect position going into the final round and uh, and, and really isn't even able to, um, you know, give himself a chance heading into the back nine. He's sort of out of it by that point at, at both majors. So, um, you know, it's uh, it just goes to show you how hard they are to win. Um, you know, as, as we've talked about now, seven straight majors with a first-time major winner and you know you probably wouldn't be surprised if any one of those guys won another one but yet they haven't and it's, it's just not that easy you know because you've got all these other guys who can win them too that's for sure well uh we know you're heading off to some vacation my friend hope uh, you have a, a good couple of weeks off and we'll be looking forward to getting your thoughts on the open as we get closer bob herrig check out all his great coverage you. espn.com you're listening to the golf insiders 96.9 the game more golf talk coming up